everyone. Welcome to Meet the Problem Solvers. I'm Judy Perlman, and I'm looking forward to a really interesting and slightly different kind of conversation. Tonight, my guest is Camille Nasser. Camille is uh, an avid cyclist, a world traveler. I know he's a builder and a construction guy. He's uh, an author. He's an opera lover. He's a kind of an all-around guy. And one of the things that he d does is he has his own interview show here at CCTV. So we wanted to sit down, and this is sort of a six-month marker for me with this show, and it was an interesting opportunity to talk, sit down and talk with a friend who's also an interviewer, kind of dig into the whole thing. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for being on this wonderful show. And um, we actually started together. Uh, when I started a couple of years ago, I started and I wanted to make an author show to interview other authors and uh, we were the first show you and I so this is this is going back uh, a ways yeah. you interviewed me in fact uh, that's right that's right I, I interviewed you I knew I had very intense questions and I was very I was a little nervous uh, after you do right. this for a while you get a lot right you get a little bit a little, a little looser relaxed <laughs> on it. right yeah make that's mistakes right. it's okay you make a mistake you know what it's kind of like oh my gosh live camera yeah it's a mistake oh well so uh, you uh, we're gonna go back and forth on this uh, uh, you, you, we talked a little about why we do the show right yeah why don't you, you tell us do you want to, you want yeah, why don't you go first? first tell us about why your show well, and what, why um, you do it you know, I, I came here to CCTV and found that we could do we could do TV shows, and I thought, well, this this opened up a whole new possibility for me. You could you could do something. You could express yourself, and you could do something for the community as well. And uh, and I think that's that's an important aspect to me is to give to to the community to where I am. Um, and I, I think it started, um, me personally, when I was a kid, I went down to the San Francisco Boys Club, and now it's called the Boys and Girls Club, and um, there were volunteers there who just came to help people out. I mean, uh, what they, they didn't know me from, I was just a little kid, but, you know, I learned to swim, I learned to play different kind of ball, went to summer camp. It was just a, a wonderful experience. Uh, and, uh, and I found when I came here that I can give to the community. And I thought, well, I'm an author, and I know a lot of authors. Why not interview these authors? And I, that's what I started doing. I started <laughs> interviewing my friends, <laughs> and and then uh, and then it it, it uh, became more. It became. I've now got about a hundred shows. I've interviewed about a hundred people, plus or minus, and um, it's been so varied. Uh, the shows I've been I've been talking about the Incas, about the heart, the the, the uh, about health issues, uh, a lot of fiction authors, but the fiction authors like they they would talk about um, uh, the uh, um, the fishermen, 
of, of our region. This was a new, new it's called New England Authors. So it was a regional issue and um, talks about so many different subjects about Siberia, about um, uh, all kinds of places that we went to. So it was so interesting and yeah, it became and that. That's, yeah. I have the same thing yeah. of like whatever I thought this my show was going to be. Right. It's really diverse. It's really varied. And yeah. you bring someone on and the conversation, even if you kind of plot it out a little bit, it can go into the most amazing places. Yes. Yeah. What, what are uh, some of the shows you've done so far? Oh, my goodness. Well, let's see. Just earlier this, I mean, really, I'll just count backwards, okay? Yeah. My last guest talked about a rare disease called neurofibromatosis. Her daughter was diagnosed with this, and she has turned into one of our national advocates around this uh, services and resources and, and research funds. Before that was um, a guy who was a chef by training, a Kenyan guy yeah. who decided to go back to Kenya and teach what they call beach boys, very, very low income, impoverished yeah. young people, mm. skills to work in kitchens. Mm. So they give them culinary skills, they give them actually a bag full of kitchen equipment, and they help them get jobs at the hotels. Right, right. Before that was a guy talking about being one of the leaders of the National Voter Protection Corps. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's just been an amazing... Oh, and before wow. that, it was a local doctor talking about the opioid crisis here in Cambridge, right. Somerville, right. and basically new strategies that, are, that seem to be effectively bringing down opioid yeah. deaths. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. Mm, yeah, very interesting. Uh, for my part in the, on the author show, um, I really loved uh, doing it. It's a lot of work. You know, I read the books before I interview the authors. So um, that's a book a week <laughs> on top of what I, And some, some authors have written s several books. I don't necessarily read all their work. Some authors have, read over, have written uh, 20, 30 books, so I can't read all of them. Um, but I could read. I could read them, and uh, and that's another thing that's been so interesting is you get to know a lot of, of things that you never thought you never would. Um, absolutely, you know, absolutely. The suffrage movement, um, yeah. um, uh, d dyslexic uh, or um, uh, kids with problems. I and, came bombing out yeah. of here after I after I had a woman here talking about solar panels. Yeah. I was on a campaign. Everybody I talked to, I mean, you learn so much and I think for me that is really part of sort of the solution for me if we talk about sort of the problem solution yeah. setup whatever the problem is part of the solution is I learn a lot and I become an advocate yes. for their work yes. and their strategy and yeah. it's really really very satisfying yes it is yeah so um, yeah and uh, there's a lot of work to to put this on on YouTube and 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 um, I have a lot of stations in the area that take my show. I have about 40 stations. Oh, that I have, have to taken, learn how to do that. Yeah, yeah. that take the show and they broadcast it um, usually uh, two or three times. Uh, they broadcast our show at different times, and uh, we try to. I try to make it quality, uh, professional, and uh, and interesting. Um, and um, there's been. A, I can tell you, there's been a couple of times when I haven't read much of the book, 
and I try to wing it, and it hasn't come out very well. You know, you have to you have to be prepared. You have to um, you have to do this with your heart and yeah. and, and with all your force. Yeah. yeah. I've had a couple of those kind of like drenching moments where things really don't go well. And, I, and mine is also about preparation. It's about really being grounded in what our topic is, what it is that we're going to get done. Because if a guest is late or a guest is grouchy, it's like all of these things kind of can jump you out of being present and centered. Yeah. And so one of the things I have figured out is I always have my crib sheet right here in front of me. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I mean, it's a security blanket, but I have yeah. not made the same kind of egregious mistake <laughs> since I had my paper in front of there's, me. Uh, there's also this freedom uh, to to do whatever you want. Yeah. So um, I've uh, obviously I've interviewed a lot of best-selling authors, really good authors, but um, I've also interviewed people who say uh, new new writers, people who are unknown, and uh, sometimes the work of new writers is the best work because new writers spend an enormous amount of time doing their first book. So they, they develop it and they edit it and re-edit it and re-edit it until it's really good. And there's some really good, talented writers, especially around this area here, that, that makes it uh, very interesting to, to interview the people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. When we were talking about this, um, one of the things you talked about was your growing interest in sort of planetary health and yes. climate yeah. issues. And w one of the things you said on this phone conversation was how can we have an effect on issues that really matter? And that's where we came up for, for with our title for this show, which is Video Activism. Uh -huh. Because actually, both sides of that are true. Video is a tool. It can either just be like watching cartoons, yeah. or it can be a way to share information and lead. Mm -hmm. And the activism comes in, I think, for both of us as interviewers, as we help people pull their stories out and get their stories out. Right, right. And for me, it's it's partly artistic as well. There's uh, the the authors are artists, and we want to present their art uh, yeah. to 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 the world. Uh, so uh, it's an important. The authors have a hard time. Uh, presenting their their, their stories, um, but as you said, now we interview, I interviewed you on on the oh, show that's right. some that's right. uh, some months back, and we talked about homelessness, which right. was a very interesting show. Um, I think we've got some feedback on it. It, it was it was really very interesting, and I think. Didn't you say that inspired you? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So Camille called and said, I have an opening on my show. Some guest was sick or something. Do you want to come on? And I said, well, I haven't written a book. I'm not a New England author. And he said, that's okay. What would you like to talk about? And I said, homelessness. That's what I've worked in for 30 plus years. I'll talk about homelessness. And, and what do you, like, what issue? And yeah. because you're so concerned about climate issues, you said, is there anything about climate change and planetary health that you could do. So I knew that something and I did some research and we came in and we talked about the fact that the fact is um, natural disasters, floods, earthquakes, 
people who are very low income or already homeless have the most terrible outcomes. Yeah. They have the heart, yeah. they lose their housing, they can't get it back. It's impossible yeah. to replace incredibly bad quality housing. Yeah. I mean, who's gonna, yeah. nobody's yeah. gonna pay for that. They lose their house, houses because of a flood or a fire, and that's the that's end of it. That's it, it can't, them. right, yeah. they, oftentimes, they never, they didn't have official ownership. It's kind of been like where their families lived forever, so they couldn't even go through a whole insurance claim. Yeah. So, so yeah, we had a really interesting show, and I think by the end of that conversation, I was like, wow, this is really, really cool and interesting, and you said, you should, you should do a show. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But as you said now, um, recently, uh, I mean, I love doing, I love interviewing authors and talking about, uh, um, talking about health and um, the community or the Berkshires or wherever we go uh, in the world. Um, but I, I know that we have a climate catastrophe on our hands here, and um, I think I want to use the activism to get the word out about the climate catastrophe and what we can do about it, not just, oh, this is bad and this is bad, but what, what we can do about it. And, um, and I want to turn the show uh, more into that, and I haven't, I haven't figured I'm it out yet. We're still, out. I'm still yeah. interviewing authors, uh, but I, I want to turn that the show into the activism for for the for planetary health. Uh, so, know. can I thank you publicly and tell you what the gift that you gave me? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, at the end of that conversation, yeah. I think it was in May uh -huh. of 2019. Um, and the idea was like, hey, you should have a show. You're really comfortable on camera. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, I'm going to do a show on homelessness because I know a lot about homelessness and there's a lot of really interesting stuff to say about yeah, homelessness yeah. and I can look at it from all these aspects. And in a different conversation, some other conversation, you said, and it went by very quickly, you said, you know, there's a way that I had wished I would framed my show in a slightly less targeted way mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god I can talk about homelessness but what if I took that filter off and I could talk about anything yes and it became looking for problems and looking for problem solvers yeah. and yes I have done some stuff about housing and homelessness but I've also done a lot of other things yeah and in fact actually let me just say this is meet the problem solvers I'm Judy Perlman my guest is Camille Nasser we are racketing away rocketing through a conversation about interviewing and video yeah um, but I wanted to tell you about one of the coolest guests I had yes this was a 14-year-old climate activist, and you, we all know who Greta Thunberg yeah, is, yeah, right? It was I did not yeah, have Greta. Yeah, She's yeah. 17 anyway. Yeah. But after the big climate strikes back in September, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of youthful people in greater Boston said, we need to do this again. And there was a climate strike that, that was a, a, a smaller one and a more localized one, although there were several nationally in December. Yeah. And so the week before, my guest was a 14-year-old climate activist named Emmy Jacobson. Wonderful. She was so prepared passionate, knowledgeable, articulate, articulate yeah. and just, this is like her life. Yes. 
And not only not only is she passionate about climate issues, but she's passionate about becoming an organizer and an activist and a leader. And it was just so cool to have this young woman here. Uh, we're we're really blessed with our younger generation. Yeah. You know, I, there was there was a climate. Um, a march uh, a few months ago down on the Boston, uh, oh sorry, City Hall, and all the young people were there, high school students. That was that may have been it. Yeah. All of the organizers of this December one were high school or younger. Yeah, high, high school students, and they yeah. they know the problem. Yeah. They they they're yeah. reading about it. Uh, th uh, they're sharing the information. Right. And a lot of these uh, stodgy old people, uh, stodgy old people, we have to get out of the right. way and right. let them. Right. Let them and let them tell us what we need to do yes. to join and, their movement. And actually, that's what's happening is that a lot of children are telling their parents yeah. that this climate thing is real, and right. you better you better right. get uh, right. action. Right. And uh, and so they're doing this in the home, and that's why there's such a greater consciousness about uh, the global warming and the threat that's of right. global warming. That's yeah. right. I mean, yeah. my kids say it too. It's sort of like you know what? Like you guys in your generation are not doing what needs to happen. Right. We have got to hit this number or not hit this number. We have got to stay under yeah. this degree of climate of uh, yeah, what do you call it? rising temperatures, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, it's a real thing, and you're right; they are leading. And so, I've had a couple of people talking about uh, the climate uh, authors, uh, and, and from different different aspects. And um, I think what comes across is uh, it's a real problem. It's a real difficult problem to solve. It can we can tackle. It. We have to start tackling it. But it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy to change the electrical system. It's not easy to change cars to, to electric cars. Um, it's, a, it's definitely a daunting problem, but we have to work at it. But what I learned yeah. from Emmy that day, that yeah. again, like every show, I learn yeah, yes. super important <laughs> yeah. information. What she explained was that the federal government deeply subsidizes fossil fuel oh, extraction, yes. yeah. but that the costs of renewables, of wind and solar, are coming down so sharply and rapidly that, like, the justification of, of the cost, like, oh, we have to, it's just crazy. It's yeah. like, it's better for us as taxpayers yeah. to invest in the new technologies yeah. than it is to shore up the old ones that that burn fossil yeah. fuels and yeah. increase so, the temperature. So the government has special breaks for people who, uh, for companies uh, who explore for uh, for gas and petroleum, and so they they get tax breaks for that. Right. And then and then when they. Um, when they take the oil out of the wells, they they claim it as a depreciation. So they claim it out on their taxes. So they end up wow. they end up not paying any taxes, which is which is a terrible subsidy. Um, and that we are making. And uh, and if you think about the roads. They're all, it's all the, the government pays for this. Right. Enormous amounts of money. Right. Just salting the roads is an enormous amount right. of money. And maintaining the federal, state, county, city roads. 
that's all subsidized. That's all subsidizing right. the petroleum industry in right. a different way. And so when somebody says, "Oh, you know, we should give a little bit of money to Amtrak," so oh no no private enterprise and right. then, you know, right. yeah, it's a right. different story. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about like where we've come and where we're going. How yeah. I, I'm interested, and I want you to ask me this question sure. too. Sure. How has your show and your feeling about yourself as an interviewer and all, how did that change from the time you started until over yeah, time? Well, so like you, I've gotten a little bit more relaxed about, mm -hmm. um, about things. Um, uh, and I, I edit the shows, of course. So if there's a, if somebody makes a, 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 diff a, a different comment that they don't want to make, I could I could edit it out. And um, so uh, I, I feel more calm. I feel um, a, ability to uh, ask any question and to be personal. Mm -hmm. To ask uh, uh, how this book you've written, it, how did it affect your your mm -hmm. family, your your being, and so on. So I, uh, and the other thing I uh, started starting to do is to be more organized, and um, you know, to have a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh -huh. To organize the the conversation so it's uh, it's a better conversation. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, your turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how, how have, have you I, changed uh, since the beginning? Yeah. Well, I too would say that sort of getting organized and prepared was a big help. You know, early on, I think we came up with this framing for my show of like 10 minutes about what's the problem, so we're sort of the teaching piece, 10 minutes on what's the solution that the guest is working on, and that often goes in a lot of different ways, like what are other people working on in other parts of the world, or what are the barriers, or you know, how do you know if you're successful? You know, do you see actually things changing? What changes? And then the last five minutes, we usually talk about takeaways. Sort of like, now that we've been educated, and now that we know more about what can be done, what can we, as the people who just are these learners, how do we turn this into action? Right. So for example, I had um, a really cool gerontologist on, and the mm -hmm. title of that show was, Should You Still Be Driving? And so, first of all, she gave us a bunch of information about older drivers, right. and then she really gave us concrete ways to bring up that very painful conversation with an older parent or, yeah. or an aunt or an uncle, or, yeah. but also for, for people themselves to ask, should I still be driving? Yeah. I mean, that was a really interesting personal takeaway. Yeah, uh, I'd l really love to do a show on self-driving cars. Self-driving cars, yeah, that so, would be great. So about 20 years ago, people were saying, oh, self-driving cars are going to be around um, in, in five or 10 years. And uh, if encountered a lot of obstacles. And one of the obstacles is people like me, bicyclists. And bicyclists are a little bit oh, erratic on right. the road. And they're, they're difficult for for uh, other cameras and so on. Um, but I just l long for the day when we would have, uh, you could just on your GPS, you plug in the address and sit back and uh, let the car take you there. And take you there quickly. I think 
there's another piece of it that I had, I don't recall the conversation clearly, but there's another thing that if we had self-driving cars, we could have many fewer cars yeah. because it's like you would take it from here to someplace, yeah. I would then take it there. So they would not be parking. They would be in motion yeah. and there'd be fewer of them. Yeah, so there was a study recently about Uber and Lyft and um, the study showed that they use uh, more uh, gasoline oh. than, um, than if people had their own cars. Oh. So that was, uh, I oh. mean, that, it was thought to be the other way around, yeah. but um, in fact, the study showed the opposite. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, the, the, these are uh, problems that uh, we want to address yeah. and we want people to know about. Yeah. You know, we want to share the, the knowledge. And this video uh, production, the, the, the shows, give that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. to explore it. It's right. not like it's encyclopedic in 27 minutes. Yeah. So I do I, want to take a couple of minutes to talk about takeaways. I also just want to say Camille does his show in a different studio. Yeah. It's higher quality as more cameras. I mean, this is really fun and great, but it's kind of been a considered choice on my part to stay in this low budget, low tech scene. I'm not quite sure why, but it feels, it does feel kind of like boots on the ground. Yeah. Yours right. is very nice. Yeah, uh, It's I mean, more interesting visually. I, I, so I have to kind of congratulate you because um, nobody sponsors you, you know, or me. Um, it's out of pocket expenses. Yeah. You do it for for love and purpose and right. <laughs> whatever it is, right? <laughs> All right, so in our remaining yeah. less than a minute and a half. The takeaways. The takeaways. What do we, so I, I just will want to say that our title tonight was Video Activism marketing, no, mobilizing for planetary health. Um, so I think one takeaway is that this is a very effective m method of. Um, Giving information out and changing public opinion. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I've had um, something like um, I'm coming up to like twenty thousand views on YouTube. Wow, uh, on on the different shows. Um, I think um, climate the climate ones stations love to take those because people are are engaged in the climate show. So I'd like to do more of that. Yeah, yeah. Your takeaway? Well, to try stuff. Uh -huh. Seriously, yeah. like this was a risk, not a huge risk, although I'll tell you, when you make a misstep on live camera, it feels like the risk is pretty oh. high. <laughs> but if you feel, I would just say, this has meant so much to me to do this for the last six months. And I just kind of like, I don't know, I just got myself trained to do this. Like, take a step. If you yeah. feel like you have something to contribute to the world, Take a risk. Take a step. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever called uh, one of your guests the wrong name? <laughs> I have not. Have you? Well, yes, I have. Oh, ah. yes. oh, well, on that uplifting note, we'll probably take, that's kind of like the low point. The it can only point. go up from there. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, this anyway. was great fun, Camille. Oh, Judy, Thank you. Great. Really Thank a you. pleasure. All right. And uh, we'll, we'll get back onto our more structured thing next time.